This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the stinking truth. But we got some really, really juicy matchups. And I know at this point of the season, I'm, I'm supposed to probably throw in the obligatory. Could this be a potential Super Bowl preview? San Francisco and Baltimore. Well, I do think, I mean, I do think obviously these are two best teams in the National Football League. Um you know, I think there's a, there are a couple of AFC teams that, that you would look at and say, well, they've got, you know, their, their Kansas City is right there, the, the Miami Dolphins, are they, you know, but, but I think Baltimore has, has moved themselves up kind of a notch. And so I think it's San Fran, and then I think it's in the AFC Baltimore. It'll be a really interesting matchup. One of the things that's, that's really interesting to me um, in regards to the 49ers is – that when you're defending Lamar, and this was what makes Lamar, you know, it's funny because I've heard people, you know, talk to me about MVP and Brock Purdy versus Lamar Jackson. And, and you know, I've heard a lot of people that are like, oh, well, M- Lamar Jackson can't be the MVP. His statistics aren't good enough. They're just not, you know, like, like statistically, he's nowhere close to, you know, to Brock Purdy or to Dak before Dak had that slip up um last week against the buffalo bills and so you know statistically there's no way you could you could put them in the same category and that's where i would tell you that analytics is bullshit and (laughs) quit looking at it god you hate analytics (laughs) well i mean i just think statistically you would look at things statistically and you would say well you know this this is not you know he he doesn't match up statistically you got to use your eyeballs right i mean he's lost a couple of running backs He's lost his all-star tight end, and yet he continues to make plays that set him apart. He continues to do things athletically that other people can't do. So it's not only his ability to run, but his ability to hold on to the football and make people miss while he's in the pocket for six, seven seconds and find a receiver downfield and deliver an absolute dime to that receiver. Like, those things matter. Those things are what set the Baltimore Ravens apart. You can defend them perfectly. You can have the perfect defense called and everybody can play the perfect leverage and you can take the receivers out and you can take the running backs out and you can do all those things. And Lamar can scramble around, make four guys miss, hold on to the ball for eight seconds, find somebody down the football field and deliver a ball for a touchdown. Now, one of the, I'm just saying is, is that, in and of itself, is that the definition of most valuable player? 
So forget about, oh, well, he doesn't have as many touchdown passes or too many, whatever. It just is, it's just, to me, you've got to at some point take some of the analytics out. I'm not saying take it all out, but at some point look at what he means to his football team. And so it could be, you know, it could be a matchup of, you know, it could be a matchup of the the two front runners or three front runners of the MVP conversation, put Christian McCaffrey in there. And we are such, you know, we are such prisoners of the moment. Whoever plays the best in this particular game probably elevates themselves in the standings in the voting of MVP conversation. Now, when it comes to Lamar, one thing that you have criticized him for over the years is just his ability as a passer, just as a operate from the pocket, dominate from the pocket passer. Have you seen strides? Have you seen improvements in that part of his game? Yeah, I have. I mean, I haven't, like, again, I haven't done one of his games, so I haven't dug into the tape like I would dig into the tape if I was calling one of his games. Um, And one of the, you know, one of the issues that I would always talk about was, listen, the way they run the football and the the way they're constructed, they're getting a lot of one-on-one looks, and he's delivering the football with those one-on-one looks. And, like, you're not, you're not playing necessarily against as much zone or as much coverage stuff that you would get uh, if you played a more traditional style of offense. I think they've morphed. They still run the ball exceptionally well, but I think they've morphed more into more of a traditional style. And when you watch him, like just the release, his, the quickness of the release, um, some of the layered routes, some of the you, – you know, there's no question that he has advanced and he's grown in that offense. So – um, again, I haven't like I haven't dug into a ton of like let me go hardcore into the tape and see you know what coverages they're getting and how he's throwing against you know against four versus two versus invert two versus I you know I haven't I haven't gone that deep but what I have seen and I've seen a lot um, yeah I would say that definitely he has grown as a passer should be a good one San Francisco and Baltimore. The Dallas-Miami game to me is is fascinating because you and I have had this conversation on the Stinking Truth podcast that I believe that Miami and Dallas, they're mirror images of each other in the NFC and AFC. They're the same exact team. They look awesome. They're dominant at home. But there's something mm-hmm. about them that you just can't completely trust. Yeah. And now we got these two teams squared off against each other. Have you got a chance, by the way, to watch any of the uh... – hard knock stuff some of it yep so mike mcdaniels comes out after they lose that game um to the tennessee titans Mm -hmm. stands in front of the team meeting and basically like takes like the the slings and arrows like he's just like hey man you know i'm the one i i call a horrible play here we got zero and i called this play and like i'm taking responsibility for you know, my screw up as a coach and I didn't put you guys in the best positions and, and all that. And, you know, we all have to be better. And, and but man, I, I love, I love it when a coach will accept that responsibility and say, man, I've got to be better for you guys. I love that aspect of it. Now, you know, we'll see if it translates to them being better on the road because you can't lose a game against Tennessee, regardless if your coach calls a couple of bad plays or not. 
you got to be better than that, right? You've got to be able to do those things on the road. These are two teams that on the road, they don't even, I mean, they don't even look close to, to what they are at home. Dallas, especially like if I'm going to weigh this thing out for me, like Dallas is going to have to go on the road in the playoffs. Dallas has got to prove to somebody that they can go on the road. They went on the road to San Francisco, got absolutely shellacked. They went on the road, uh, you know, to Buffalo got shellacked. They, like they have got to prove that they can go on the road and maybe not even to me or to you or to anybody out there, maybe to themselves. They've got to go out there on the road and prove to themselves um, or, or prove to themselves that, that, that they can compete while they're on the road. So listen, Miami playing at home, Miami dynamic on the offensive side of the ball, all those different things. I think for me is a far more prove it nature of this game goes to the Dallas Cowboys right. than it does to the uh, Miami Dolphins. I don't know what you think, but that's kind of where I'm at. Well, yeah, I would think certainly Dallas because Miami's at home. Miami's already proven that they can be dominant at home for the most part. Miami will have other games to to show that they can get past the the perception that they're weak minded mm-hmm. and they can't perform on the road. I want to go back to what you were just saying there about Mike McDaniel. I get it. It's cool that a coach is willing to fall on the sword and, and all that, but at what point do the players have to be held accountable? Come on, I mean, let's be honest. They the players carry most of the blame for losing that game. McDaniel's trying to do the right thing and all that. But right. How do you make sure that the coach can get up there in front of the team and say, "Hey, my bad, my bad. I should have done this. I should have done that." But yet also making sure that the players understand right. you you screwed up here in many many ways. Yeah, well, I think I think he does the same thing. I think he takes responsibility, but then he also shows the film of, man, this is a play that's got to be made. This is a play like, you know, you're trying to you're trying to do more than your job, and these are the things that you know eventually cost you football games. So I think you hold all those guys accountable. But you know, I, I will just tell you from my own experience. Um, with Joe Gibbs, Joe Gibbs would always stand in front of the podium right after a game and be like, Hey man, this loss is hundred percent on me. You know, I didn't get my coaches prepared. My coaches didn't get my players prepared. Um, you know, that's a failure of coaching, but we'll rectify that. And then, you know, come Monday when we sat down and watched the film, um, he had already taken his responsibility for that. Now let's go look at what we didn't do well. Let's go look at what we need to clean up. And he was good about saying, hey, man, you know, ultimately in this situation, I should call something different or I should go in a different direction. Um, but then, you know, you were always held accountable for the way you played and always held accountable for, you know, what went on on Sunday during the game. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Philadelphia and the Giants. So what's going on with Philly? especially after the loss to Seattle in which Jalen Hurts comes out and says, we weren't committed enough. Yeah, Yikes. that's now yeah. you can, I mean, where does that rank on the, we choked, we quit. Right. <laughs> where does yeah. we're not committed we're enough not come committed. in on the uh, totem pole? I'm not sure what I'm not. I mean, obviously it's, it, you know, that word is 
there's ambiguity in that word. Like you can parse it a bunch of different ways. What does that mean? Like, did we not study enough? Did we not, you know, do we not, are we not calling the right plays to put us in a position? Are we not running the ball enough? Like what, what exactly do you mean by we're not committed enough? Um, because on its surface, it does sound harsh. And, you know, and I, I, I feel like he thinks it's harsh. You know, I, I feel like he's, he's, you know, pointing the finger at everybody, including himself saying, we've got to all be better. Um, and is that one of those things that you all respond to? Y'all look at uh, everyone on the team looks at themselves critically and says, you know what? He's right. We're not doing this enough. Did the coaches actually look at themselves and say, you know what? We got to be better. We've got to be better than, than we've been. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what that means, but I will tell you this. Like, I think this is by design. So if I was to say, hey, here's Philly in a nutshell. Like, if you look at them defensively in every kind of discernible category, just about, I think they're all like ranked, hey, 27th, 26th, you know, yeah. 25th, yeah. 28th, whatever it is. And, and you know, um, no excuses, but there, there's always some reasons for those things. But I think one of the biggest things about Philly is you – have not run the ball well. Why have you not run the ball well? Because you've got one of the biggest, most dominant, most athletic offensive lines in football. I think you have not run the ball well because you have taken what you do as an offense and morphed into more of a drop-back offensive football team. Now, with that said, Jalen Hurts is ranked, I think, third in completion percentage from the pocket. Mm -hmm. So – He's done it. He's, he's, you know, that was the big criticism before last year is can he win from the pocket? Well, he's proven that he can. Um, I think he's been banged up. I think he's had a need that's bothered him most of the season. So I understand the kind of thought process of saying we're going to morph into more of a drop back offense because the sustainability of the offense that we run where the quarterback has to run so much um, you know, that's not sustainable and we're going to end up getting guys injured. We're going to get up getting our franchise quarterback who we just spent a ton of money on injured. Okay. So I understand the kind of mental thought process to get yourself to this point, but don't at some point you go back and say, we got to get back to what we were and what got us to a world championship last year, albeit a loss. And that means what that means more quarterback design runs more of the, you know, the RPO stuff and the, uh, and the uh, read zone, you know, where you flag that defensive end and you either pull the ball and run around or you hand it to the, to the running back. Like, don't we have to get back to doing more of that? And then I would ask you this. If you got back to doing more of that and you got, you know, you got to the point where you controlled the tempo and you controlled the time of possession a little bit better, and the other, the other team started having to take more chances on the offensive side of the ball, would that increase your statistic, you know, rankings on defense? Would you get to the quarterback more? Would you be able to, uh, uh, you know, uh, create more sacks? Would you be able to create more turnovers based upon pressures and getting to the ball and sacking the quarterback and all those things? So I, I would tell you that I think that that's 
a big part of what's going on defensively for them. Now they've already changed from Sean Desai to Matt Patricia. Yep. You know, he's got the pencil behind his ear, um, <laughs> but it really didn't make any difference. You know, that pencil, which is shocking that it didn't make any difference. So at some point, isn't it the complimentary nature of football? Don't you have to start going and doing what you did last year offensively to take some of that pressure off and to help them create some of those turnovers and create some of those situations where the other offense has to be more aggressive? Like, I think that's more of the cure for um, the Eagles than, than anything else. Well, they get the Giants at home, and, and, and you better win this game. Otherwise, there's going to be real panic. Uh, yeah. with Eagle fans as uh, we, we come down the stretch here. But a couple games still left with the Giants, so they have a chance to get right and get things back on uh, schedule for the for the playoffs.